Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. And we... Yeah. <laughs> no, go, Rochelle. Introduce okay, yourself. I, I was really excited about this. <laughs> so we are yes. so happy to have with us today Rochelle Indra, who is a life coach. Did I say your last name right? I usually ask you about did. That. Nobody ever gets that right. I was impressed. Yeah, girl. Um, who is a life coach who has gone viral on social media, and you guys can see why. Um, she specializes in the intersection of where self-actualization meets humor. She has made it her life's mission to teach the shit we should have been taught in school, how to have healthy relationships, discover your life's purpose, and how to retrain your brain to work for you instead of against you. What a pitch. Welcome to Inner Bloom, Rochelle. <laughs> welcome tell 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 we we told you we're just gonna let you loose tell us tell us how you got on this wild ride that is Rochelle Indra's life because oh god um so I mean I I started the way I think every life coach starts I started as a comedy writer for stand-up comedians that makes Um, sense (laughs) you know it's not how all life coaches start um and I just thought life coaching was total bullshit because I lived in LA and I just thought it was for 20-year-old girls in yoga pants married to 60-year-old men that didn't pay enough attention to them, so they decided to become life coaches. So I had all, do you know how many jokes I've written about life coaches? Um, And then I started, right, right, 100%, the universe laughs at me all the time. I think I have a good sense of humor. Fuck, the universe has quite the sense of humor. I was like, oh, I love this. She's going to tell another one of those life coaching jokes. We're going to fucking get her in a couple of years. This is going to haunt her. Good, good. Um, And then I started uh, wanting to get, um, my mission was to get um, proper human sexuality taught in schools. In the Netherlands, they teach relationship education, not sex education. I I studied abroad in the Netherlands and I was obsessed with their policy. Yes, where, um, I'm thinking about moving there. I spent a lot of time in the Netherlands in the summer. Yeah, where where were you in the Netherlands? Right in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. the good, yep, the good yeah. stuff. So, yeah, the good uh, yeah. Stuff. so you understand how they do that better. So I started working for a therapist that was trying to get that and meditation into schools, which is amazing and so hard. And then she was an amazing therapist. And when she became a life coach, I was like, <clears throat> I misjudged her. <clears throat> fuck is your problem um but she was amazing at it and she showed me like how it could be done so beautifully and she fired me 
Mm-hmm. Never fired it in my life because I'm great. Um, and she was like, I'm firing you because I think you should become a life coach and you shouldn't just work for me and be my assistant. And so I was like, well, I mean, I guess. And then I mean, literally was like, no, I can't because I need to go to school for it. Boom. The next day, someone's like, I'm going to this prestigious life coaching school. And it was just like the universe was like, bitch, yeah. you had this yeah. plan for years. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and every time I was like, no, universe, no, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. It was like, uh-huh. And I had a, and again, I can tell you guys this in a way that I can't say to other people. Um, I had a moment, somebody told me, if life has gone well for you and you're pretty happy, ask the universe what you can do for it. And mm. that is actually how I, I got on to even working with that um, therapist. I, I just remember exactly where I was driving in my town. I said, hey, universe, do you need anything from me? Because thank you. I mean, I've had some shit in my life, but I've had some wonderful things. Like, if you ever need anything, let me know. And the universe was like, bitch, somebody hold my beer. I got to talk to her. <laughs> and just like, I mean, I just felt like my soul being ripped out of that car, passenger mm. door open, ripped out of my car. Like, and then it was everything was perfectly lined up for this. And wow, I just I love that. Yeah. And so every time I go to have to get on stage in front of like hundreds of people and I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. I'm seven. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're going to discover I'm a child in adult clothing. Right? Like, <laughs> I can't do this. I swear I feel the universe and the universe swears because I do. So it swears back at me. I um, yeah. And I just feel it like right in my face. And I just feel like, oh, um, <clears throat> you asked me what you could do for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. The guilt works on me every time, universe, every second time. <laughs> And that's kind of just how I got here. And I just sort of just opened up and I do the same thing with clients, right? I just like, I say, Hey universe, like, you know, my medicine. So like, let me know, like, just bring the people to me that you need my specific medicine. Mm. I never worry about getting clients. I never worry about getting the right clients, you know, because I'm just like universe, like you asked me to do this. So I'm doing it. And I expect, I expect you to keep up your end of the bargain too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. So yeah. Yeah. don't fuck this up universe. We made it a deal. Right. I'm right. Trust is so hard for me, universe. Can you not, can you not fuck this up for me? I need you to be the mother that I never had, universe. (laughs) And the universe continues to deliver because you were just telling us about how like Sharon Stone is DMing you. So, right. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get better than that. You know, every time a celebrity, I like run around my house every time a celebrity follows me. And um, how many celebrities have followed? Do you remember Carney Wilson from Mm -hmm. um, Wilson Phillips? You guys may not be old. Oh, yeah. I know the name. Carney. She champions me like she like writes under my videos and then people are like, yeah, I do love it. She's like, yeah, isn't she the best? Look, <laughs> hey, amazing. And I'm like, Carly Wilson is my new best friend. Yeah, you should be best friends with her. 100%. Like, I think she would love your hairstyle too. She would, she would she love would. me. She'd she love would everything love about me. She I would. mean, Rosie O'Donnell she just does. had a phone and I assume it's like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Rosie O'Donnell Rosie? on my birthday. I was like, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody's things. I just need her to follow me. Mm-hmm. That That's was amazing. Yeah. Ask the universe what you can. Can I? Oh can I get God. a fa- Can I do a favor for you? Because right. the universe is going to put yeah. you on the feed of celebrity of your favorite celebrities, and then right. Yeah. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. Margaret Cho, who's a comedian I watched growing up, having gay dads wow. like Margaret, yes. just like on right all the time and she followed me a long time ago when she first got on and i had more followers than her and i dm'd her i was like bitch i got more followers than you this is <laughs> five minutes but i'm gonna take it and now she has like millions you know so yeah. like she but i was like bitch i'm gonna take it while i got it she's like you go girl yeah and i was like so i called my dad and i was like yes who follows me Margaret? <laughs> oh yeah he was very proud that is so exciting who's your favorite celebrity that has followed followed you so far um, God, that's, I mean, Sharon Stone. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, Iconic. that's just gotta be. Iconic. Yeah. 
Like, right, right exactly. Like iconic feminists too. And I do a lot of like, yeah. you know, feminist stuff. Um, and it that's really why I started following women. you. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. why I started okay, following you. So I was yeah. like, oh, she's speaking my language. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ex- explain this to like our viewers and our listeners who are like, okay, so wait a second. The title of this episode is what is your anger? Um, what can you wait? Wait, what is the title of this episode? I'm so glad you have it written down somewhere because <laughs> what I, your I anger, what love your anger, the way this is going. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, what, um, your, what your anger is keeping you from seeing. So clearly uh, you have a good relationship <laughs> with anger, right? So, but, mm. but you wouldn't be able, like, if we hadn't titled it that, it's like, you are a comedian, you are full of life, you are full of so much joy. So people might be asking, like, what does she know about anger? So right. what is your relationship been like? Ooh, great. What is my relationship with anger? Um, it's a very close relationship. So I think that's the thing that um, men who date me are very surprised that they think <laughs> they get, and they do get this, like, very vivaciously happy, outgoing person. But I'm always like, Bitch, you think that the highs are this high and the lows aren't this low? Mm. Like, really? You think that that it doesn't come in that package? Like, all the emotions are big, Mm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. the crying is big. The happy is big. The anger is big. Um, I'm somebody who's really into the Enneagram personality types. I don't know if you guys know that one. Loves. I'm an eight. What are you? A challenger, right? Which is, and the base so there's like three that are based in shame three that are based in fear and i'm in that triad that's based in anger which means that that's where my personality is most comfortable it's where i go to when i don't know what to do i go to anger Mm -hmm. Um, or some people go to shame everything is about how bad i am you know what i did wrong and some people go to like that fear anxiety of like just afraid of whatever is going to happen so i've always had an incredibly close relationship with anger um I go there probably too fast. And so uh, the thing with, I so, okay, yeah. So we were just talking about this earlier that we are like, you 100%. need you need somebody to stand up for you. These bitches are here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need me to like burn somebody's house down. Like, great. Yep. Cause I already have lighter fluid in my car. Just in case. <laughs> like I have water for like, you know, hydration, but also lighter fluid in case somebody yeah. needs Right. You want me to hate somebody just because you do? Got you. Got 100%. You're over it. I will hate them forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we I will, will never, never forgive them together yeah, yeah yeah so I mean yeah absolutely and then I got to a place in my 30s where so I work a lot with clients around like tools what tools do you have let's off let's get rid of the bad tools let's onboard the good tools because everybody understands the toolbox mm-hmm. and I realized when I was about 30 that I had a toolbox but I only had one tool in it and it was a flamethrower mm-hmm. And I just use that for everything which tool. by the way flamethrowers were in, we use them now to clear brush they were invented to kill people that's yeah. what we invented flamethrowers for. <laughs> yeah, that's what I use mine for. Yeah. Um, you know, I just started realizing like, oh, it keeps me safe, right? It's quote unquote yeah. safe to be angry, right? It keeps people back, especially women's anger, right? Is like kind of yeah. jarring for people. So, you know, it's it's kept me quote unquote safe, but it has also scorched the earth. Yeah. And I'm like, oh wait, where are all my people? Oh, right. I either burned them to the ground <laughs> or I pushed them so far back that I can't build that intimate relationship. And so um I did a I don't know one of the reasons I was like, oh, this is like a really good thing for us to talk about is I did a, a TikTok that went super viral about I said, you know, t- get a pencil and paper, come sit down, and um I want you to write down all the things that you're still mad about. Mm. 
and just write it down. And that was huge for people. Like, mm -hmm. absolutely. You had to really write it down, all of it. I just, yeah. like, did it mentally very quickly. Just thought – and I literally felt something in my, like, gut. Like, like in my – like, a place I don't normally feel in my body, like, activate. Literally, mm -hmm. like – it's so interesting. Very yeah. good exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And and I said, get a piece of paper. And then like 90% of the comments were like, bitch, a piece of paper. Yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, because we don't realize how much, especially as women um, or, you know, and it doesn't have to just be women. I don't hear that. But but women specifically have been taught to be nice, be sweet, be accommodating. Right. We have been taught to not experience anger. You know how many times I've been mad and people are like, why don't you just smile? Oh my God, you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. God, right? That, I mean, you know, like, just be, just be happy. Just be, you know, no, frown's so unattractive, right? But frown is how I feel. And so we, I think I'm like Ambrosia, I'm really good with my anger, but a lot of us women, and I have to work with clients all the time on, they'll be like, oh, it kind of, um, I was frustrated is maybe as deep as they can get. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? Cause I'd be fucking furious and I have to yes. like, show them that like rage and anger are okay feelings to have mm -hmm. right and i think that that's what some of that shoving down is yeah. is and that feeling we have in our gut of oh i have shoved down so much that i didn't even realize was anger because i shoved it down before i even let myself feel the feeling and what are your thoughts i love everything that's happening right now and also what are your thoughts on shoving the anger down or shoving down emotion just in general because i do think it's layered right yes and shoving that emotion down until you just go numb oh because yeah i've talked to so many women in particular that have had different things going on in their lives and they don't deal with their emotion and i'm like are you good and they're like yeah i'm fine I'm actually really okay. I'm like, you're numb. You don't feel it. Yeah. And to heal it, you have to feel it first. Yep. That's yep. trademarked by me. Go ahead. <laughs> on. Don't fucking steal that for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's ours. That's our thing. Okay. I promise. I will leave it here. I promise. You know, I think, and, and again, I say, especially for women, but there's a lot of uh, men or non-binary people who feel this as well. Yeah. I just talk a lot about um, the experience of what society has done to women specifically. But I notice it's a lot about boundaries for women. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a lot about I if I feel my anger toward yeah. my partner, yeah. if I feel this, then I have to do something about it. And I am not prepared to make that boundary and do something about it. So I'm not going to feel the feeling. Yes. Mm. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on anger and trust? In In what respect? In the respect of if, let's say, because you know I hear this a lot with people that. Um, so I'm a psychic medium. So mm -hmm. people tell me a lot of their personal stuff, yep. right? And I hear a lot about. Um, my parents did this really awful thing to me. My spouse did this really awful thing to me. My best friend did this really awful thing to me. And they don't, I can feel what they feel and it's not sadness or it's numb, like I said, right? And there's a trust that's been broken to a degree, but I feel like when you're not ready to deal with the trust issue, you're not ready to deal with anger. Or when you just want to people please and keep everything copacetic, 
you're not really ready to deal with those emotions. So could you talk a little bit about that? What are your thoughts about that philosophies about that? Yeah, I think that goes back to um, to the boundary piece in that we don't teach people what to do when trust has been broken. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't trust that people can handle it when we have to have those hard conversations. We don't know how to have those hard conversations mm-hmm. and we don't trust that somebody can have those hard conversations with us. It's one of the things that like I practice a lot with clients is have the hard conversation with me. If I do something wrong, I want you to tell me if you don't like yeah. something I say, cause you know, I'm big, I'm brash, I swear a lot of thoughts and opinions. I'm a great place to practice breaking trust. Well, I didn't like that thing you said, Rochelle. Ooh, that thing you said hurt my feelings. I'm like, bring it. I love that. Let's yeah. learn how to build trust here or, you know, for people listening, um, learning how to rebuild trust with friends, right? To be able to call somebody, your mother or, you know, somebody that you're really close to mm-hmm. that you can call them out on, hey, this hurt me, this bothered me and, and build that safety connection so that you can do it on bigger scales in harder relationships. Absolutely. I love so that. You, know, you can start that. Yeah. It yeah. really reminds me of, we had a retreat a little bit ago, like a couple of weeks ago and someone at the retreat said very clearly this doesn't feel like coaching this feels attacking and I was like that is a good boundary right there you are telling us how you're feeling you're explaining like I'm not upset but this is how I feel and it ended right away and I was like what a great place to do that where nobody's feelings are hurt you're just expressing to us how you feel and your boundary and I I think that more people need to really show that because you're right like we don't feel safe enough to tell other people our boundaries because we think that they won't like us, they won't accept us, we'll be rejected in some way. And so we shove it down and we don't deal with these hard emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I love that that person did that. How great. And especially that was so beautiful in a place where somebody could see that because it's your retreat, they're there, that you guys have a place of power above Mm -hmm. them. So for them to, which of course isn't true, but like it can feel that way. You know, they paid to come to you. There's some idolizing there perhaps. Um, to be able to say to somebody, you know, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And then how beautiful for them, for you guys to handle that, as I know you guys handled it so beautifully, mm-hmm. for them to be like, I tried that, I did that thing. It's very hard to do. And it was so well received. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. special for them to have it well received because that changes those neuro pathways in the brain, right? That it starts changing the neuroplasticity of, oh, I did this thing, it went well so I can do it again, right? In, in neuroscience, um, we talk about how your brain is wired for patterns. And so you do th- something once, you have this reaction, then your brain just automatically assumes a pattern, which is really great when you're learning to walk, right? Because if you had to relearn to walk every single time, it'd be really obnoxious and nobody would get anything done. Um, I would just lay in bed all the time. Um, and I just never learned to walk, much better. I like all reclining activities, so it would be fine for me. But, you know, so it, it's important to have that in the everyday skills, but then we do that in life too of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I tried it once of being vulnerable. I tried it once of expressing myself. It didn't go well. So I will assume it will never go well again, so I won't do it. Interesting. I love that. Do you think that that's why people bring up things from the past and they're trying to bring it into, I mean, there's a lot of other components to that because that can go into a lot of different ways. But I'm just thinking of like when you're arguing with your spouse, for example, the argument is typically not about the dishes. The argument is about something bigger that happened two weeks ago. 
right? Yeah. And that goes into boundaries and things like that. But perhaps it also goes into this pattern that is created in your brain of they always do blah, 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 blah. Yes. So one part of that is just, you haven't healed that thing. So I do this when I'm in relationships, I have the horrible problem of mostly dating therapists. Um, I don't recommend this problem. Um, whatever, <laughs> you've got their kink and that is mine. Um, and so we're usually, you know, we fight like every normal, like couple only it's disgusting to watch because a life coach and a therapist together, like that is a conversation <laughs> in itself. But I, we can say, cause we do that. Like you bring up something in the past and we can usually stop and be like, okay, so that's clearly unhealed. And yeah. we need to get back to that and heal that, but let's deal with the thing at hand. So part of it is ooh, a good thing to look at that not being healed yet. And yeah. it, and it deserves to have that place where well, you're right. It is also that patterning that is so important to, to your brain in some ways, like I touch a hot stove, it's hot. I'm yeah. never going to do that again. Right. Absolutely. And that's super great for safety, but emotional safety, it's not as great. Mm. And so we do that, unfortunately, with emotions as we do that with physical, because the ego doesn't know the difference, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So the ego also doesn't know the difference between physical pain and emotional pain. Yeah. Right. That, so that, that fear it has around, oh, it thinks you're going to die of a broken heart. It thinks you're going to die if that person doesn't like you. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think you're right. That emotional pattern comes in of you do this every time when that's almost not possible that somebody does it every time. And even yeah. if they did it a thousand times, they may not do it this time. Right. Yeah, exactly. I was actually You're anticipating think something. Sorry. I was actually, ahead. no, it's okay. I was actually thinking about that recently, how like, um, I always get annoyed at my husband because it's like, um, <laughs> like he likes things a particular way and I'm just like, oh, I'll just do it whatever way. You know what I mean? And, but since we've been together for so long, I try to be more conscious, but I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty good like I'm pretty good so I'm, I'm always pretty like, perfect what? I'm almost there I'm 80 percent and I would agree with that go ahead <laughs> yeah I the just, parts that are perfect are just the cute parts yeah. you know exactly. <laughs> yeah. little I'm just saying I put in the effort to like try to meet him halfway but yeah. it's always the one time that I don't that he's like oh blah 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 and I'm like but then I noticed that I was doing the same thing and where there's a really good example of a time that he did do something that I wanted right before that, like where he did modify something based on what I had asked for. So I guess it's really interesting the way that like we were talking about, I guess, bringing up the past. It's like it's interesting the way we don't let ourselves move forward or evolve with people emotionally because we're just so stuck in that groove of seeing mm -hmm. it a certain way, but there's the opportunity again and again to get into a new groove, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is why I love, and I'm so glad that your listeners are like loyal listeners because we started with anger and we're like, but neuroscience, so here yeah. we go. I love, yeah. <laughs> I love your listeners are just love like, it. well, I'm just gonna sign up for whatever and whatever They're happens. used hey. to this, honestly. Yeah. Good, good. Um, because I think the other thing we have to remember that happens there um, from an from a neuroscience perspective, is that your brain is hardwired to look for danger. Yes, yes. Right, so yes, so it actually makes perfect sense that you're gonna do everything 80% right, and then he's gonna notice the times you don't because in the brain's quote unquote idea, that is the danger. So it skips over, you know, I love Pretty Woman, the, the bad things are easier to believe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I can yeah. get literally 
300 positive comments in a day. And then someone's like, yeah, but she's ugly. And I'm like, well, they got a therapy tomorrow. <laughs> like, you changed my life. I can't yeah. live without you. And one guy's like, you're fat. And I'm like, yep, yeah. I'm taking that one to the grave. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not going to listen to that until I get naked. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to think about. Because our brain is hardwired to look for that. So it is about retraining our brain, forgiving ourselves and our spouse when they only notice the bad things and then retraining it to notice the positive things, to mm. notice the places for change. And even say totally. to him, you're right, I didn't do it right that time, but can you try to start looking for the times I am doing it right? Oh yeah, I say that. That's I, good. Yeah, I say that. That's really good. I bet she says it in that lovely way too, not, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. <laughs> She would never. Or do you she have a camera in my that. living room? <laughs> That's like weirdly. Sometimes, actually, me and my husband's love language. I say this is like kind of we like kind of like to fight. Do you guys like? Do you ever run into? Ooh, this is kinky. I like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell us, kind- tell us more. <laughs> but we've been together for like 10 years. So oh, yeah. 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 So, so it's people a, like that volatile, that volatility. It works for yeah. them. Yeah. It's a way to kind of like pull each other closer and kind of, I don't know. Do you ever like, I don't know if you have pets, but like sometimes we'll just like talk to the dog out loud about the other person. Like, I don't know, Holly, like it seems like he forgot to do whatever. So, and then like he'll talk back through Holly, like through my dog. But yeah. it's, it's, I think sometimes fighting, going, circling back to anger, like sometimes fighting can be good. Sometimes fighting can be, it doesn't literally mean fighting. It means you're pa- more passionately discussing something that bothers you, something that you want to resolve, which would bring you and another person closer. Like, and I think that since so many people are so afraid of anger and are conflict avoidant, Mm-hmm. So often in relationships in particular, I feel like the spark dies or people perceive that the spark has died. But that's because everybody's like, uh, eh. like they don't bring up the things that they're angry about. They don't bring up the things that they're upset about. They're like, nah, it would just be better and easier if I just kind of kept chugging along, then cut to five years later and there's no spark in the relationship and they feel very disconnected. And it's like because fighting or getting angry is kind of a part of the cycle of growth and of going apart, but then coming back together stronger. Agree or disagree? Um, both. Um, I agree in that what I think, well, I think that just the language is a little off. I think that anger is important. Um, I think that arguing is important, not taking it to fighting. And it doesn't sound like you guys are fighting. You guys are arguing. And I think that is beautiful. People come to me and say, my partner, I never argue. I'm like, well, I don't care what you think you're coming to me for. (laughs) That's what we're fucking talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you're talking about arguing. I have a couple, uh, who I work with who, um, they sing their fights. They were in fucking musical theater and they're like, I want you to clean out the dishes. You fucking (laughs) asshole. And he'll be like, I've been doing it all week. You're welcome for that. I'm so sorry. But like, we make it fun. Like with with making it, it is still an argument, but how can we make it fun. How yes. can I process my anger? The other problem is we don't teach people how to process or deal with their anger. So we give it to somebody else. Mm, I don't know yes. how to hold this. So you have to hold it for me. Yes. What does that look like? What do you mean? 
So meaning like, um, I'm really mad. So like, I'm like uh, doing this, like where your partner says something to you over text. Right. And then you were like, so upset about it, but you don't know how to process that anger in your own body. So like, yeah. if I, you know, so then you're waiting to, to yell at your partner when you, when they get home, because you can't process it and it is bubbling in your system. So the only way you can get rid of it is to give it to the other person by yelling at them and screaming at them until they make you feel better. Mm. When the healthy thing, Ambrosia was like, I fucking have never done that. So, <laughs> oh, this is awkward. Um, Go but, ahead. but so if I had, so if I have a client, right, who's got that text in the morning and I get to them before, um, like as if I'm a superhero, if I fly to them before their husband, I'm very expensive because I fly to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if they are lucky enough to like have a session between when they see their husband, I'm like, it's okay to have that anger, but we need to have a conversation with him about it or her or whoever yeah. it is conversation. Yeah. You are responsible for alleviating your own anger, whether that is, you know, going for a walk, whether yeah. that's talking it out with somebody else, stretching, journaling. These are the ways to relieve your anger because your anger is about you. Your anger, and that's one of the reasons when I say write down and I have people write down all the things they're still mad about, you know, then I have them look at, okay, what are the triggers? Like, what are the things? And that's what I thought we were going to talk about. Like, what are the things underneath? But we are responsible for you know, our own emotions. It's kind of like mm-hmm. people hate it when I tell them, like, you love your love for somebody has nothing to do with them. You made yeah. those, that, those feelings in your own body. Those are your own chemicals, right? Mm-hmm. So same with anger. Like, you are responsible for your own feelings of love. You are responsible for your own feelings of anger. I love that. Yeah. And so letting those go and, ma- or, and making boundaries, right? If you're in a relationship where you're getting to that angry place all the time, yeah, then maybe you do need to look at the, re- at, you either need to look at the relationship or your own things that are being triggered. Mm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's either boundaries are being crossed or you're leaning into your own fear. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. really sitting down. And that's one of the reasons I love journaling for me, because I get to this such rage place where I'm like, I don't even know anything but fight right now. So yeah. I don't know, is this because a boundary has been crossed for me or this right. is my own childhood issues, my own wound with other relationships, my own, I haven't eaten or I'm mad at my boss or you know, whatever it is. So journaling at least gets me to the place of knowing how much of this is what is happening and how much of this is what has happened. Mm, I love that. I really love that so much. And how? what are some journal prompts you use? And also, how do you communicate that to the person that has triggered this emotion out in you? So journal prompts I love, and I assume, you know, with what you guys do, automatic writing, yeah. right? You guys are big, right? So there's the spiritual automatic writing, which I absolutely love. And I do that in my own meditation, like for most of my guides of just like, okay, I pose the question and I just mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And, but I also think that that can work really well in these situations. And like we were chatting before we even started, a lot of what I use with clients in a non-spiritual setting is hashtag actually spiritual. Yeah. Right? So I'm like automatic writing just to, you know, get your brain out um, and what's going on. It's also like, who you might be um, channeling something at the same time, you know, like mm. you might be channeling a guide at the same time that you're just writing this out so i you can do a why am i mad or what are all the things i'm mad about right now i love or you can ask what is this triggering from the past 
Mm. and then, or nothing at all. And just keep writing, writing until you're exhausted, like writing until the anger is actually out and then going through and pulling out the pieces in there that are actually true. I love that. That's such a good idea. Such a good journal prompt. Um, what are, let's talk about some of the emotions underneath anger, because we started to talk about that and I want to tap into that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, the first part of what I think was important to talk about was, is, is allowing ourselves to have the anger feelings, right. And and for women that are not like you and I that have a hard time experiencing that, I think it's, that's really important to, you know, to allow themselves to experience that, which, you know, I think we, do through, um, you know, you guys are so good with intuition and mm-hmm. how to lean into your intuition. I think that, you know, I teach that a little bit differently on like how to find the somatics of your body. Like where does anger live in your body? Right. For people, right. So they can find their anger and tap into it. But for people like you and I are really good with the things we're mad about. Yeah. When I have people write them down, all the things they're still mad about, I then underneath have them write, what are the things underneath that? What is the, cause I often tell my mm. clients, anger is a bouncer at the club. Yeah. Anger is your bodyguard telling you an alarm system. Something is wrong. Exactly. So what is the bodyguard protecting you from? Yeah. Is it guilt, shame, fear, sadness, mm. depression? There's all these other, and, and again, we don't talk about enough about these, um, in life and in society. And I love, I have it right here. I love, and highly recommend Brene Brown's the Atlas of the heart. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I love it. And I work with a lot of men and we certainly do not teach men how to talk about their emotions. Mm -hmm. And even, I mean, there's hundreds of emotions and yet we have words for maybe seven. And Mm -hmm. we don't let men specifically talk about um, being turned on and being angry. Like these are the only- right? Emotions that they're allowed to express and maybe love for a child, but probably not even that. But probably not that. Yeah. But probably don't not be that. too mushy. You don't want to be a little bitch. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. You take care of them financially, but don't like touch them or love yeah. them or, you know, give them attention. So I love that book for people, anybody who's listening, there's like, Ooh, but I don't even, I don't have words for those. I think that's a really good book to find. Cause it's just sort of, I mean, it's, you know, I always tell people don't listen to it buy the book because mm-hmm. it's like an encyclopedia of emotions. Mm. So really understanding all of the emotions that you have so that you can better put language to them. Cause I work with clients all the time with that. Oh, and having this feeling and it's like this and did, and I go, okay, that sounds to me like guilt. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Guilt. Okay. You know, it's just because we don't, we don't teach people how to put those pieces together. So really saying, okay, I'm mad, but what is the mad protecting? Yeah. I think that, I I think that a lot of people don't understand that self-help mental health, mental health is really a new topic. Like if you think back 70 years ago, mental health, there was no mental health awareness. It was, you were locked up somewhere and had electric shock therapy done to you because you were deemed unsuitable for society in some way, shape or form. So these are a lot of things that our parents, our grandparents don't know about. So there's nowhere we would have learned this, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really beautiful. What are your thoughts on, because as you're saying this, what I see is like an inner child coming up. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that comes up a lot because I know that when I get angry sometimes, um, it's not me that's angry. It's my 12 year old self that's angry, or it's not me. That's actually angry. It's my five-year-old self. That's afraid that she's going to get left again. So can you talk about that a little bit and how that plays into anger? 
Yes. So I love it. So I work mostly with my clients around inner child work because every time, you know, people think, oh, I'm coming to a life coach because I don't really want to do a therapy. And I'm like, and then I'm immediately like, tell me about your childhood. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm here for, yeah, I'll get a guy in a three-piece business suit who's like, oh, I just want to make, you know, an extra 100K at work. And I'm like, cool. So let's talk about self-value. Like, when were you not allowed to value yourself? And they're like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, talk to me about when you were five. Um, so because everything comes back to, you know, your personality is formed by the age of five. And we make that personality to get love and avoid pain. Mm -hmm. So most things go back to that. And I have um, some, a couple, a couple, a friend who's a couple um, and they're both therapists. And so they're really good at saying, oh man, that thing you said really hit my five-year-old that wants to rage at you. You really hit my teenager who wants to run from you right now. And they can talk about those different ages. I love that. So I thought, ooh, that might be something for you and your partner to like, really like, think about like, Ooh, can we even in the moment identify which part of us, which age is triggered? Yeah. I love that so much. It's not like, I just was like, Ooh, that's amazing. And I did a, a psilocybin journey a while ago and I did it specifically because I wanted to do, um, and you can do different doses for mm-hmm. different things. So like, um, sometimes you dose for like spiritual awakening, spiritual right. work. And then um, sometimes I do a dose that's for, um, and I do it with a sh- like a Sherpa that sort of walks you through it. And he said, let's do a dose for um, psychological, you know, healing. And so we did, and it was like avoid dark room, nothing. And then all of a sudden there was like a little girl there crying. And I was like, what the, and I went and looked and it was me at five. Mm. And I like picked her up and like giant spiders and dragons and like every disgusting thing ever Kate was coming out of her. And I was like holding her as these giant things came out and she was just screaming. How scary. And it was totally, it was totally crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, but I didn't know I didn't need to put her down, but I couldn't get her to stop. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna like do the dishes. I guess I'm just gonna like live my life while this screaming child. And I realized that's all she needed. Mm-hmm. All she needed was to know that like, she was safe, that it was okay to be that angry. Yeah. That it didn't yeah. need to be all pushed back inside. It didn't need to be fixed. It just needed to be allowed. Mm, I love that. that. That's so That's beautiful. what I'm working on with my son who's here now. Um, not, I mean, just he's a baby and he, um, you know, will have emotions. And I remember when I was little, I think it was all about like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Like that was the thought, like, it's okay, you're okay. Just, you know, that was kind of what parents or people would do. And now it's more so about like, just trying to acknowledge him and not make it okay, not make it like, okay, but you're fine now, let's move on. Like, I just am trying to say like, yeah, that hurt or that was scary. Like, are you scared? Do you feel hurt? What are you feeling? Even though he can't talk to me yet, I want to get in the practice of just uh, allowing him to have that rather than trying to make it okay, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I love, and I love that you're giving him words before he even has the words to respond because we do that all the time. You're asking him all sorts of things he can't respond to. So why not mm-hmm. start introducing that just just as well. And I love when I see parents be like, um, my best friend has a, as a child and she will say like, are you scared? Or are you mad? Like, are you hurt? Or are you scared? That's the big one. When he comes to her really upset and I was like, Oh damn, are you, that's amazing to ask that, you know? Cause it's like, okay, are you bleeding? Like, do I need to deal with the arm or was it just scary? Yeah. And so a really great one for all of us, but to teach kids is that it's, it's, 
instead of trying to like always necessarily fix, give them safe tools. Like, oh, I can see your mat. Do you want to hit a pillow? Yeah. You scream into a pillow. Let me get you a pillow and let them just beat <laughs> the crap of a pillow. Cause it's always socially acceptable to go somewhere. And you know, like even I have a client and he gets mad, he goes outside and he claps and he claps and he claps, mm-hmm. and he claps. It's totally socially acceptable to clap. You know, like he can't hit something when he's got 500 employees, but he yeah. can clap around the office. Right. But like it gets that physical movement of getting it out. So giving yourself yeah. like crying, crying, screaming into a pillow. Like these are all things that are acceptable forever mm. instead of pushing it down. I love screaming. I yeah. love screaming. I will yeah. take, when I work with clients, we scream and I love it because women are taught. So I'm sorry to pick on women. Women are taught so often to be quiet and to be small. Yeah. And screaming does the opposite of that. It makes yeah. you loud and big. And so my kids and I go into the backyard and scream sometimes. Now they're used to it. They don't even react anymore. They're just like, mom, scream it again. Cool. Just just doing her thing. Um, And by the way, you're not picking on women. You're picking on the patriarchy that did this to women. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You're not picking on women. Mm, Reframe. Yeah, absolutely. And how wonderful to show your kids the screaming because desensitizing to them, them to that so that they know someday they can do that or teach somebody else that like. How Mm -hmm. wonderful. I think there's nothing more beautiful than showing our kids our tools. Yes. Yes. And showing kids emotions. Sometimes I'm a very excited person. I grew up with a lot of loud people in my home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get very excited and my little one will say, mom, are you okay? Cause you're um, overwhelming me right now. I'll be like, okay, I'll lower my voice. Yeah. So like just having that back and forth that ability for him to express himself now yeah. he's seven so he doesn't do it all the time but we're working on it you know yeah but it's good because that was something that I never had as a child I mean I can remember my mom saying she's here now I could remember my mom saying to me sometimes being a bitch is all a woman has and like what are we what are we learning here we're learning that like uh, my behavior is unacceptable my behavior is unwanted and I have only anger that is a safe emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. So no wonder you leaned into your anger so well, you know, because, okay, I'm going to channel all these other things, which would be interesting for you to do that exercise of what are all the things underneath? Because like you, I can channel all other things. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm angry when I'm really excited. Yeah. Right. Like we can channel on, and, and there's a gift to anger. Cause it, for me, it's about momentum. I can get myself to do things. I can get myself to say really vulnerable things online in front of millions of people because I'm mm-hmm. fucking angry enough to want to change the world and let's do this. Mm-hmm. So there's some beautiful parts to anger that gets you to do that. But sometimes we're funneling all of our emotions into anger. So if we actually separated that rainbow out, what are all the colors that are in there? Mm. channeling into this one thing that, you know, same with like people pleasers, right? You are channeling everything into smiling. Yep. And making sure the other person's okay and everybody's okay. That was, I think for me, when I, I first met someone that really didn't, they told me that they never got angry or they didn't feel safe getting angry. It was very unsettling for me. Cause I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? So that's, 
it's really interesting how you can have that whole um, rainbow emotion. Like you said, I like that word. I'm going to steal that. Okay, good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, don't, that's just for my podcast. Could you not? <laughs> Trademarked. Thank you. Um. <laughs> good time. I feel like I don't really, I feel like I was like angry as a kid. Like I would have a lot of big anger when I was younger, but now I don't have a lot of anger. Like to the point where when you guys were talking about like, do you need me to go burn someone's house down? Like Ambie is that person, right? Who's like, who hurts you? Because I will, I will go and hurt them for you. And I'm the type who's like now in my life, I'm like, I don't know if I'm like anger avoidant. I just don't feel it as much anymore. Is that bad? <laughs> no, because you should feel it at appropriate times, right? <laughs> so it's really not about, oh, 60, 40. It's nothing like that. It's when there's an opportunity, when there's an appropriate time to be angry, do I allow myself to do it then? And some of the ways to check in on that are like thinking about instances, but seeing if people around you are. So like I said, like when I'm in session with a, a session with a client, I allow myself to feel their emotions so that sometimes just so that I can reflect it back to them. Like they'll mm-hmm. tell a story and I'll let it affect me to the point where my eyes start to water. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess that is sad, huh? And I'm like, yeah, even just hearing it is sad. So I assume feeling it is pretty sad Yeah, and, and letting them connect. So if you're around people who are like, oh my God, aren't you pissed? And you're like, no, not really. That might be a good trigger for you. Oh, I should be feeling this emotion and I'm not. And to really reflect, but you shouldn't be feeling anger, you know, like, like I am like all the time. Um, you know, that's around. not, that's right. That's not necessarily healthy. And mine is childhood wounds around, like, especially for championing others. When I look at it in a psychological, like with my therapist, it is, I'm there for people and protect people in ways that I wish somebody protected me as a child. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Ambie, that's the same for that you. That just put into words. Yeah, that like, it took me a whole 60 seconds to process that because that just put into words exactly how I am with friends. I'm not really like that with family and I'm not like that with my partner, but I am like that with friends. Yeah. To the point where I literally called Alexa the other day crying because one of my friends is hurt and there's nothing I can do. But it was the frustration of feeling helpless. Yep. And it's it's so interesting you bring that up because literally yesterday my best friend had something horrible happen to her. And she actually, before, right before this, she called me and she's like, I didn't like how you spoke to me. And I was like, it's really hard when your best friend who you love more than anything says that to him. Like, okay, okay. Use all my coaching tools in my private life. Use all my coaching tools. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. And she was like, you, you know, this horrible thing happened to me and you yelled at me. Yeah. Oh my God, I did. I yelled at you because I couldn't fix it. And I was so rageful that like this happened to you. I wasn't there. She's in another state from me, but I was like, how was I not there? How could this have happened? How? And I, and I got like a parent, I got so mad for her that I actually got mad. I I did that to Alexa today. We literally had the same, like, (laughs) where I, I'm like, I'm sorry, this is feeling very personal. Yeah. I was like, it was the same oh, thing God. as the the person at the retreat. It was a similar thing where I was like, uh, was, something happened. And then it, it was like, I knew that we needed to process it together. And Ambie gets very protective and ang- like can use that <laughs> anger in a defense, in a protective way. But it often in times will feel like I have to then bring her down and like, 
then I'm like defending something that like I don't even really want to defend. But first, I'm just trying to bring her down. So then it almost feels like I'm on the side of the thing she's angry at, but I'm really not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so today was the first time that it was really good because it was the first time that I was like, well, I feel well, I feel like you're mad at I feel like you're mad at me right now. And I don't want and immediately she was like, oh, my God, I'm not mad at you. And I was like, I know, but that's just how it feels. And I don't want to get into this old pattern of arguing over that when that's not even a real thing between us, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was really like, I was like, wow, it took how many years to just have that interaction? (laughs) Like, it's Mm -hmm. so simple. And it taught us both so much. Like, yeah. But I think like, for me, just we're going to use this as an example why we're here with a life coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's get that. I'm very defensive. I don't know if I get that. Venmo me later. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. We will. Um, But I guess the the frustrating part for me is like, why are you not as upset with this situation that I am? Right? Like, why? Because what she started to do was blame herself. And I'm like, why are you blaming yourself when we're not responsible for this? And it's frustrating because I'm like, if we were responsible, we would take ownership. And yet you're blaming yourself. And I feel like you are throwing yourselves to the wolves when you shouldn't be. Yeah. Yep. I think we should do an entire episode where when you guys have issues, I come on as your life coach. Yeah. And I come on the issues. Like, that it's like amazing. Esther Perel has that whole podcast. amazing yes on that so i mean a couple of tips for for you guys but also for anybody who struggles with this in any sort of relationship one is i had a really great um therapist um uh part of man i was dating was a therapist and when i would get really upset we had a lot of trust built but he would say go for a walk right now Mm. (laughs) and we had enough trust that he could say go for a walk like walk out the you know when you when you're anger-based exercise is really important like I'm like oh I exercise six days a week and people are like you're so healthy and I'm like no I burn off rage yeah and they're like, oh, sorry, what? And I'm like no I have to burn off rage I just naturally wake up in the morning and I have rage and I need yeah. to burn it off so when I get really upset I have to remind myself to move my body and not in a cute yoga way I mean like move my body around and so he'd be like walk walk and then we can talk after you're done walking off the anger and then come back and be a little bit more level-headed. And then also with like the Enneagram, it may be that Alexa may go, may be shame-based, right? That automatic mm-hmm. emotion may be shame. I did something wrong. I'm bad. What did I do in a situation? Mm-hmm. Which is a very, um, you know, we talk about energy here, which is a very energy in, mm-hmm. right? I'm collecting the energy and I'm bringing it into myself. Whereas anger is an energy out. Yeah pushing energy out right which by the way when you're when you are somebody who accepts energy in and you're friends with somebody who gives energy out that can be a lot you know in a relationship and my assistant is an enneagram too which is the helper which is like shame based as well so when i'm angry i have to remind myself because i have to vent to her yeah usually not about her um but i have to vent and so I say, I am angry and it is not at you. None of this has anything to do with you. Like I have a little disclaimer. Yeah. And then she goes, and I say, is that okay? And I get her to be like, yes, I'm ready. And then I just rage. And then I can say the thing, but she's on board because she said, yes, she knows ahead of time. This is not about you. I did the same thing with partners. Like I am so rageful. This is not about you. Don't take this personally. Oh my fucking God. Guess what happened? And then I just, mm. I have to blow. 
we have to. And if you're in a place where you can't blow, journaling, exercising or journaling, like those are the, I mean, sometimes the journaling is just the F word for nine pages until my wrist gives <laughs> But like how great though, like yeah, what a great, that. easy solution. And then you could have a book that's just your fuck book. Yes, honey <laughs> child, I got a fuck book, but it's completely different. <laughs> I'm 41, I'm a lot of pages, a lot of pages. <laughs> completely different book, but that's sweet of you. <laughs> Oh my time. God, that's so funny. Wait, real quick. What is a one in the shame triad? Because I'm pretty sure I'm a one. Oh, you're a one, which would mean you'd have a two wing, which is a helper. So the one um, the one in that next door is, um, oh God, I always forget what it is called, but it's um, the one that like champions people and champions things and causes. And of course I forgot um, but I, what, it, what the actual name is, but like the champion of things, Joan of Arc was a one they have real deep beliefs in things and it's often and here's the thing and it, it, when you're a one and it sounds like ambrosia do you know what you are on the enneagram i don't know what i, I am think so I, think I think she's a seven but we haven't verified that yet okay so if she's a seven she has that eight wing of anger and so that can be really hard because ones tend to um go with what is societally correct like they yeah. go with what does society say? We can't, we can't park here because the sign. And an eight goes, what fucking sign? I decided we can park here. <laughs> if they go with their own, this is why it's cute. You think she's a seven, but I think she's probably an eight. Um, but like the, an eight go to what I have decided is right. And I, I absolutely have a moral code, but it is my mm-hmm. morals. It is nobody else. Which yeah. is good because it allows me to go online and say, let's fuck the patriarchy. This is not acceptable. Yeah. We are going to change it. So it's that yeah. revolutionary yeah. part. But it also means that I don't really respect boundaries and rules very well. Yeah. So it's hard to then be friends with someone who's like, no, but society says. Well, <laughs> society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way you're right? supposed to do Absolutely. it is. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that can cause some some conflict there. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, but I yeah. think we've, I think we've dis, like, I think that's very true. And I think that we've been able to like work through, like the fact that we've been able to work through a lot of that, having such different approaches to those yeah. things is like pretty impressive now that I think about it, you know? Yeah. Super yeah. impressive. Those are the two signs, like two, they're not signs, but the two, uh, types that really don't go very well together. Oh. I don't have any ones in my life because it's like <laughs> it, the belief systems are polar opposite. So the fact that you guys have made it work is extremely beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I know about that now and not five years ago, because that would have been awkward. But <laughs> yeah. I been like, oh, get, get away from me, get away from me. Sometimes <laughs> ignorance is bliss. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. You know what's funny is that I do have, I'm thinking about this now. Again, it takes me a while to process, but there is one thing that I will not do. And well, there's a lot of things, but the one thing I'm thinking of is like, I won't cross the street without a crosswalk. I won't do it. Uh, yeah, she's someone- weirdly, she, uh, she follows weird rules when she thinks that they're going to keep her safe in some way. Someone got ran over at her wedding because they didn't use a crosswalk. So everyone they weren't at my no, they were they not didn't. at my wedding. They were saying <laughs> she was running guests over. No, no, um, no they no, they no. they were fine. They were fine. They were not a guest. We were just it was a happenstance. We were at a place. It was nighttime. Boom, they got ran over. But that has been ever since then. I'm like, nope, nope. We got to use the crosswalk. We got to use the crosswalk. And 
it doesn't really matter if you use the crosswalk or not. You can get ran over. I understand this, but logic in my brain is like, we're going to do the right thing by society standards and we're going to do this thing. So you might, you might actually then be that, that seven, which is the enthusiast, which is life at the party. Like it's a buffet and I want to try everything. Yes. So that might be you. So when you're a seven, eight is on one side. So you have wings and you are also your wings. Um, so I'm like fun and bubbly and outgoing because my wing is the seven, the enthusiast. You have a wing of the six, which is the loyalist and they are captain safety. So if you find something that's like, so I went to a great Enneagram lecture and we brought this guy in from the East Coast and he was like, um, we've been here five minutes. Raise your hand if you've already figured out um, if there was an intruder, shooter, where they'd come in from, how you'd save the day, what the exits are. And, and people are like, oh my God. And they raise their hand. He's like, so that's all the sixes in here. Captain yeah. safety. Like, I've got to have enough snacks, got to have enough water. And I know how I take down the intruder with my left shoe. That is so funny. Which is, is which so is beautiful funny. also when you want to like save people, you know, and, yeah. and champion your friends because you're like, I will burn down someone's house and then we'll get ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, you need to put that in like your Instagram bio or something, Abby. <laughs> or your TikTok bio. That's so good. Good times. I mean, the person I idealized in my life, like my my spirit animal in form is watching, I drove by a house that was burning down once and someone was smoking a cigarette watching it. <laughs> I was like, you're yes. my spirit animal. Yes. That is amazing. Like, they I might have started, started the fire. Yes, we don't yes. know for sure. Andre has good time. Me at seven, I was like, that is bold. <laughs> yeah. That is goals. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is wow. so funny. Yeah. So how but, can people work with you? Like how, yeah. tell us about your, your, how do people get a hold of you? How do they work with you? How do they find me? So, um, yeah. So how on do they join the ranks of, Rosie O'Donnell, Sharon yeah. Stone. Right? Are you yeah. starting a cult? Because I would like to be a part of it. <laughs> oh my Where do God. I sign up? Oh my God. Speaking of cult, I dude, I just watched the documentary on um Teal Swan. That oh, whole yeah. is I saw clips that looked great. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard I've You heard guys need to watch things. it and then I need to come back and we need to have like a whole processing on like because the whole thing Absolutely. is like, are you like can you be a cult without knowing it? And do you know you're a cult when you are like do you purposely oh, I absolutely I think think everything is a cult. cult without I think everything yes. is all the good yes. things are cult. Um yeah. so yeah, so if you want to be a part of the cult, um <laughs> <laughs> we don't have bonnets or anything. You can dress any way you want. Oh, that's um, exciting. So, so if you are following me online on Instagram and TikTok, it's Coach Rochelle Indra. So just my name, Coach Rochelle Indra. Um, my, unfortunately, my one-on-one -on -one, uh, client coaching is full right now with a wait list, but you can always email me to get the wait list. But I do group coaching um, because oh, I'm nice. a firm believer that um, it's important that everybody have every bracket of uh, money bracket, you know, like that that every tax bracket is gonna say, should be able to get this sort of help. So I do a group coaching every month. So um, that's called the sisterhood. So you can just go on to, um, and I feel like, and unfortunately it's just for women right now, I'm gonna do a men's one as well. Um, so it's for, for women or people who identify as female or non-binary um, right now. And so I believe that we need to heal in community. Mm, yeah. Right. Doing our work like you guys know, as we do our work in society, like and we we evolve and we pull back the layers of who we're not. We become more ourselves. We start to lose people. Yeah. So finding that community of people that are doing their work with you. So you have 
sisterhood in that um, and a community. So that's why I really like um, doing that and that you can find um, you just on my Instagram or TikTok, there's a link to the sisterhood. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, love that. Absolutely, and we. And clearly, I'm coming back here, so you can see me again. Yeah, obviously. I've already I'm invited saying. myself. You, you are. Just you're going to be the like a frequent guest. Host. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to make myself the host in the beginning. Yeah. Did you see that? You guys did your names. I was like, and Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to like two months from now. Ambi and I aren't even here. It's Rochelle's podcast. <laughs> 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 Welcome back to Inner Bloom. This is your one and only host, Rochelle Indra. Rochelle Indra. And <laughs> yeah, I if, just, if I was at your guys' house, I would do the thing where like I awkwardly leave my jacket. Yeah. Wait, so I have to come back. This is my like kind of leaving my jacket. Did there. I happen to leave my jacket there? I'll just come over and pick it up. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah, know when you record? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we have loved having this is ugh, this is such a breath of fresh air, but also we just feel so honored to have you again you're 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 a rising celebrity you are in high demand you and are. we got to have your light <laughs> and wisdom and magic here today and honestly we are just uh so grateful so thank you for coming and we mm-hmm. you are invited whenever you would like we would love yes. to have you back and also i, I want i wanted to say too that um uh, people watching were saying they, they really loved this conversation and you, oh. so. Oh, good. Oh, I'm so glad. I forgot. That's right. People are watching live. Yeah. Yes. And thank you guys <laughs> for what you do in the podcast and your consistency and all that you guys are putting into it. Because I, I don't usually do guest spots. My assistant was like, no, you have to do this one. They're amazing. You have to come on. Oh. They're so awesome. Oh. So I was like, oh, let's this. So I'm really excited. Oh, your assistant, we said for- thanks. Yeah. yeah. I will. I will. She will love that. But it's so great to, and what you guys do for people is just so beautiful and wonderful to watch and making all this sort of stuff accessible to people like ugh, what a gift you guys are so thank you for, thank you so for doing much. that yeah absolutely thank oh, you and i'm so um, excited go ahead sorry no it's okay i was just gonna say thank you everyone for watching thank you everyone for listening please go follow rochelle if you haven't already yes. and we'll put the links to all of her uh stuff in the show notes you guys can just click and uh we love you and until next time keep on blooming Bye, everyone. Ever said bye, too. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.com.